Thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hi everybody, welcome to today's session. My name is Dion Hockey from Healing Ministries International. Listen, I've been teaching for the last two weeks on the fruits of repentance. And I want to get straight into the word today. I'm very excited to speak about the seven words. We'll see how far we get with this today and maybe go on next week. But there are seven words I want to bring out of the scripture to you that tell us what are the fruits of repentance that you and I as Christians should bear. So I want to pray for us and we're going to get straight into the word. Please get your pen and paper ready. Take the notes down. I, I hope you've been following us in the last two weeks. And uh, I think it'll be, uh, it's crucial for you to write down the notes that I'm going to give you today. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship again. Thank you, Lord, that we can come and sit around the table and feast on the living bread, the fresh bread from manna. Jesus, you are the bread of life, and I thank you that you come to give us revelation, insight, and that you've come to give us more knowledge concerning your word. Help us as Christians, Lord, that we can live a life of purity and holiness before you, Lord. Not be uh, fake Christians, Lord. Not be half-hearted Christians, Lord. But that we can serve you with everything to the best of our ability, Lord. The scripture says, Father, that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. So I thank you today that we will gain knowledge, we will gain understanding so that we can get closer to you. You also said in your word, Lord, that if we will draw near to you, then you will draw near to us. So this, uh, uh, in this session, Lord, we want to draw near to you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you agree with what I just prayed, say Amen. I want you to open your Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And I'm going to read from verse 8. I just want to, you know, just read a couple of verses uh, to you to remind you of what I had spoken last week. And uh, just refresh your memory on the things that I had said. In uh, verse 8, we find here that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And I just love this letter that he writes because I identify myself many times with what he is writing. He says, verse 8, For even if I made you sorry with my letter, remember that word sorry there is the word guilty, or even if you felt bad or you felt horrible with my letter. Remember, he, he wrote um, uh, heavy words, you know, and um, uh, sometimes people, uh, you know, take it up in a hard way. So look what he says. He says, even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it though I did regret it. Boy, I understand that verse. It's not nice sometimes to preach a direct hard word, but it's necessary. It's like a parent, you know, if he finds his child who's naughty and, uh, you know, the parent goes and gives him a little uh, smack on the bottom, you know, and saying to him, listen, stop what you're doing, you're naughty. The parent doesn't like to correct his child, but it is necessary sometimes to correct your child because you are teaching them and helping them for the future to come. And this is what he's saying. He says, For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. So we find in many cases people repent, but it only lasts for a short while. And we don't want that. We want people to repent, give their hearts to Jesus, and continue fearing God, serving God, you know, until they die, until Jesus comes. So he says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, 
but that your sorrow led to repentance. So that the purpose of Paul writing this letter is he wants people to come to the knowledge of the truth so that they can repent and then follow and go hard after Jesus. He says, For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. In other words, he said, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, preaching stories or, or making up things. I'm preaching the word. I'm speaking to you a truth. And it is this truth that I'm preaching that is leading you to repentance. Now he says, verse 10, Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. It's just what I said. When you get the revelation of who Jesus is and there is true sorrow in your heart where you say, oh, you know, I just know I missed it and I'm a sinner and I ask God's true forgiveness and I repent of my sin. What is that going to do? It's going to lead to salvation. Not to be regretted, the Bible says. So there are people who give their hearts to Jesus, but many times they regret after a while that they gave their hearts to Jesus. Why? Because the more you get into the Word, the more you understand. It's not just a matter of saying words and getting saved, but there are deeds attacked, uh, attached sorry, to the Word of God. You have to act out now a life uh, of, of following Jesus. Some people just pray a little prayer and say, okay, it's done. No, when you become a Christian, now you act upon the decision you made and you change your whole life. Being, becoming a Christian now becomes a lifestyle that is to last forever, okay, for, for, for your whole time down here on the earth. So he says, for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Now look at verse 11. He says, For observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. Okay, so I hope you have your pen and paper ready because I'm going to give you these seven words. Observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. Number one, what diligence it produced in you. Say that word, diligence. Now, if you like me, <clears throat> you know, we read all these fancy words in the Bible, but then sometimes we don't get the full understanding of what that word is. So I thank the Lord that we have a book, uh, you know, that we can use called the Strongs, and uh, we have different Bibles and different, different versions of Bibles that give us different translations, and it helps us to understand words better. So I took this word diligence and I looked it up in the Strong's and to see what it means. And this is the meaning of the word diligence. Now listen to this fruit number one. What diligence it produced in you. It means what effort uh, do you put in. In other words, are you putting an effort into your walk with Jesus Christ? Are you going hard after God? It says this, are you careful in how you serve God? Is there an eagerness in your heart to serve Him? Is there an earnest care inside of you? Are you careful in what you do when you follow Jesus? Are you earnest with the decision that you made when you gave your heart to Jesus? Was it just a, a decision that you made when you, when you prayed the sinner's prayer to ease your conscience at that point of time? 
In other words, when you find yourself um, in, the, in, in, in the company of your old friends that you had and, and uh, you, you continue doing the things you used to do, uh, you know, uh, let's say you, you were a smoker or a drinker and a guy who partied and uh, you give your heart to Jesus and now you go away, uh, you know, you follow Jesus and then one day you find yourself back with your friends and they begin to influence you and they begin to call you back to the way you used to be. Now the question is, are you careful in how you serve God? Do you have the ability to say, no, I've finished that lifestyle? Or do you cave in to temptation and then do you go back to your old way of living, that very thing that Jesus saved you from, that Jesus delivered you from? Are you eager in serving God, are you are you going hard after God? Is your you know when you became a Christian, has your prayer life increased? Has your study of the Word increased? Has there been a a real change deep in your heart? Uh, it's like I said, so many Christians give their hearts to Jesus. They go to church, they serve Jesus, but they do it half-heartedly. I mean, when I got saved. I, I tell you what, when I got saved, I, I prayed right through the night many times in the beginning of my, of my ministry, you know, I just, uh, uh, of my salvation. I read my Bible right through the night. It was, it, was, it was such a joy to get into God's presence, to worship Jesus. I, I didn't miss a, a church service. I didn't miss um, a prayer meeting. Uh, if there was worship practice, I was there for the worship practice. I was anything that had to do with God and church. I was there first. And I'm telling you, they had to drag me away from church because I had such a desire, such a hunger for God. So the first fruit that he says is, is uh, he says, what diligence it produced in you that you diligently, carefully, and earnestly serve God. Not half-heartedly, but with everything inside of you, you surrender to Jesus and you go hard after Him. Okay, So that's the first fruit that we have to show when we become born-again Christians. Number two, what is the second word? He says, what clearing of yourselves now that's a big one what clearing of yourselves what does that mean clearing of myself well when i become a christian me i'm talking about dion hockey when i got saved i used to be an, a, a heavy drinker i would drink i would smoke i would gamble i would do all of these worldly things that you know a lot of people do and um, when i got saved I made a conscious decision not to do that anymore. I cleared myself from that. When there were people who had a bad influence in my life, I chose to clear myself from them. And I'm going to read to you just a couple of scriptures just to have you understand what the Bible says. Now, some of you might be offended at what I'm saying, but it's not me saying it. I'm just reading the words of Paul as he writes the letters to the, to the Christian people in the church. For instance, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says in verse 14, Alrighty, I'm just reading the scripture now. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 
Wow. The, if you don't understand what that means, he's saying don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Now somebody's going to say, but how do, we win, how do we win souls for Jesus if I can't be yoked? It means being attached. It means hanging out, being friends with the world. You can't be friends with the world and be friends with Jesus. You have to take a, take a stance. I know this is a hard word. I know people will be offended at what I'm saying. But we, what we do with the world is we preach Jesus. We bring the light of Jesus into darkness. I'm not saying that we, that we walk around you know, with our noses in the air and we think that we are better than, than them because Jesus said we need to remember where we come from. What did he save us from? I remember that I was a sinner. I remember that I was bad in all my, all my works that I did, my thinking and you know, all of that. But, but now I, I have another purpose. My purpose is to bring the light of Jesus into the darkness of the unbelievers just as I was in the darkness like they were so I I don't I don't um, uh, you know become buddy buddy with them even though I'm a friend to them in Jesus but I'm bringing I'm befriending them with the purpose of bringing Christ to them I hope that makes sense what I'm saying so he says don't do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers Look what he says. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? I remember uh, many years ago, before I got saved. And I want you to understand this. Uh, and I'm sharing a testimony. When I got saved many years ago, uh, before I got saved, uh, me and a whole uh, group of my friends, we went out on a fishing trip. We actually um, got a car full of booze, and uh, we were going to go out for a fishing trip for a whole week, one week, just men. And uh, we were going to go and fish, you know. Uh, it was uh, in St. Lucia there in, in Natal. And we were going to go and do some fishing. Uh, I tell you what, but we took more alcohol with us than what we took food with us. Because it wasn't going to be a fishing trip. It was going to be just booze, booze, booze and getting drunk all the time. Now, my heart was far from God. You have to understand this. I didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't go to church. I didn't read the Bible. Nothing, nothing. That was, that was the furthest thing from, from me. And I remember that one of my friends that went with us on a trip, he brought a friend with him. And this friend that he brought with was the son of a preacher, a preacher's son. And I remember when I spoke to my friend and I said, who's this guy? He said, no, 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 uh, he's my friend and he wants to come with us, you know, and uh, he's the son of a preacher. And I said to this, to, this, to this guy, I said, why are you coming with us? Don't you know that we are going to drink, we're going to swear, we're going to fight, we're going to uh, do stuff, you know, and you are, you're in the wrong company. You shouldn't be with us. I really, I try to get rid of this Christian who came with us. And this guy said to me, he said, no, we're going to win you over for Jesus and we're going to, you know, I'm going to change your lives and all of that. I said, my friend, you are, you are mistaken. You are, you are doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Long story short, uh, you know, when we got to the place where we were going to fish, 
uh, we started drinking heavily and I kept just, I kept purposefully drink, drink, have a drink. Come on, one beer. Don't, don't, it's not so bad. You know, you, 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 will, you won't lose your Christianity if you drink a beer, if you drink a beer. And I was on his case, you know, on the first day he, he resisted. He said, no, I don't want that. The second day it was not me now. All my other buddies were with me and we were constantly harassing him, constantly putting him under this pressure. You talk about peer pressure. We were pressurizing him to drink, to drink, to drink. On the Wednesday, he couldn't anymore. He was so um, uh, harassed by five of us that he eventually, he thought, this is what he thought, if I could just get them off my back, I'm going to have a beer. And so he did. He took a beer. And when he drank that beer, uh, obviously, we forced him for a second one. He took a second one and then a third one. And I remember in the late afternoon, we got on the boat and we went out to go and fish now. But we were so drunk, we couldn't even see where we're going. And uh, when you go in St. Lucia, I don't know if you know, there's a lot of crocodiles and hippos in, in St. Lucia Lake. And, and so we got there and we, we were so drunk, we drove right into a group of hi hippos. There was hippos all around us. It's the most dangerous place to be. And I remember this young man who was this Christian, he was so drunk with us on the boat that he said something that blew me away. He said, boys, he said, tonight when I pray to God, I'm going to have to pray under uh, undercover. I'm going to have to use a false name because I have done so much wrong. He was thinking that he was going <laughs> to you know, die because of the hippos that was around him. What does that mean? He, he, he was lying. He said, he said you know, I, he, he, he thought that if I pray under a false name, God won't know who he is. How silly is that? He knew he had sinned. He knew he had caved in to temptation. And now he wants to go and hide his sin away from God when God sees everything and God knows everything. And, you know, I just, I just laughed at this young guy because he got under so much pressure. And this is what I'm trying to say. The Bible says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? The, the longer you stay in the, in the company of corrupt people, you will fall into that corruption. They're going to get a hold of you. So when you go in, you go into witness, you go in to tell them about the love of Jesus, but then you get back into the fellowship of the Christians because that will give you strength and that will guard you from falling into temptation. Alrighty. Verse 15 says, What accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? What uh, agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Uh, of the living God. Did you hear that? You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, listen to what God is saying now. Verse 17. Come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. Amen. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 real quickly. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 to 14. Ephesians 5 verse 11 to 14 says, And have 
no fellowship with unfruitful with the unfruitful works of darkness have no fellowship wow that's a tough word i didn't say that paul is writing it again i just want to say you can't get mad at me for for reading the bible i'm reading the bible and this is what i mean by people who give their hearts to jesus and then when they get into the word and they begin to study the word they discover but wow god is expecting a lot of us then they regret the fact that they had given their hearts to jesus now, when you give your heart to Jesus, you need to understand that you, you, uh, you're going to have to follow God with everything that is inside of you. There is a price to pay. This means the crucifying of self. This means the denial of myself. Unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it will not produce a harvest. And so we, when we become born-again Christians, what do we do? We have to die to self. That's why we water-baptize ourselves. We go into the water, we bury the old man, and we stand up a new person in Jesus Christ. We, we bury that old nature. We get rid of the old sin, the, the stuff that we have. We make a conscience decision to say, I'm finished with the things of the world and I'm choosing to take the things of God and to follow hard after God. This is the fruit that we bear. It is the fruit of clearing yourselves from what? From the things of the world. So he says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret it is shameful to even speak about these evil things now he says verse 13 but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light therefore he says awake you who sleep arise from the dead and christ will give you light hallelujah this is what god is saying so people say but but they say, Brother Hockey, you, are you putting people under the law? Are you putting bondage on people by saying we can't enjoy the world and we're not allowed to do this, that, and the other? The, I'm saying clear yourself from the world. And the more you study the Bible, the more you read the scriptures, I don't have to preach anything to try and convince you. The Holy Spirit and Jesus will convince you the moment you get into studying the word. And this is what a lot of people are afraid of doing because they know that if I read the Bible, God's going to speak to me. That's why people are excited about going to church because they know the fruit, uh, the, 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 the um, price of salvation is to go to heaven. Come on, who doesn't want to go to heaven? All of us do. But in the meantime, while we live a life on the earth, we have to live a life on the earth of, of purity and holiness before God. Not under bondage, not under restrictions, but because love drives us to do this. This is what it means. You know, when I married my wife, and, I, and I'm going to close with this. When I married my wife, and I stood at the altar with my wife, think about this. And I turned to my wife, and we did the, the confessions, you know. And I said to my wife, I said, listen, honey, I'm, I'm committing myself to you in sickness and in health, for richer or poorer, until death do us part until death do us part and i said to her 
when I made the commitment of putting the ring on her finger, I said, I will never cheat on you. I will not look at another woman. I will not flirt with another woman. I will not sleep around with other women. I'm not going to cheat on you. You understand what I'm saying? I've made a commitment to make you my one and only. Now, when I become a born-again Christian, I'm doing the same thing. I'm getting married to Jesus. If you know what I'm saying, we're the bride of Christ. So when I give my life to Jesus, I am committing myself to Jesus 100%. And I'm breaking away from the world. This means I'm not going to flirt with the world anymore. I'm not going to do the things of the world. I'm not going to participate of the things of the world like I used to. I've broken away with it. And I've come to follow Jesus. And again, I want to emphasize this, not because I was told to, but because I want to. I love Jesus. I love him. If you've backslidden and you've fallen away from Jesus and you want to give your heart to Jesus right now, you say, Brother Dion, I hear what you're saying and I feel so convicted right now. I don't want you to be convicted or or condemned. I, I want you to just make right with Jesus. Yes, conviction is of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit convicts us. If you say, please pray for me. I want to I want to make right with Jesus now. Please, I need to confess and make right. Come on, you can do that. Right now, just pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me of my sins. Take away all... Uh, iniquities take away all the uncleanness that is inside of me i repent i turn from my wicked ways and i choose to follow you jesus with all of my heart my soul and my being i confess with my lips that jesus is the son of god and i believe in my heart that god raised jesus from the dead and i ask you jesus again come and live in my heart i dedicate myself to you I give my life to you fully in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me, that's wonderful. Because now you've given your heart again to Jesus. You say, Dion, but I've done that before. But I keep finding that I go back. You know, I go back to the world and I find myself doing the things that I shouldn't be doing. Well, you know, all of us go through that, even me. So write the scripture down. It says in James chapter 4 verse 7. Listen to this. James 4 7 says, Submit to God. This is the first requirement. Submit to God. You've just done that. You've submitted. You've given your heart. You've given your life to Jesus. Submit to Him. Not now only, but every day of your life now. To the best of your ability. And then he says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You say, resist the devil. How? Bind him in the name of Jesus. Say, Satan, I'm finished with you. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to fall for temptation. I'm not going to go back to the alcohol. I'm not going to go back to, you know, uh, adultery. I'm not going to go back to stealing. I'm not going to go back to swearing. I'm not going to go back to hatred. But I'm committing myself to Jesus and I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, help me in my weakness. Help me to be strong and to overcome the temptations in my life. I hope that this has helped you and that I only touch two of the words of the seven that there are. And I'll continue next week teaching on these seven words of the fruits of repentance. There are seven fruits that we are to bear. All right. So the first one, diligence, serving God wholeheartedly and then clearing yourselves from the things of the world. Amen. We'll catch you next week. Looking forward to speaking to you. We love you so much. Thanks. Bye bye. 
You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.